And how do we keep our balance? That I can tell you in one word, tradition. Welcome to the Old Timothy Podcast with Matt Marshall and Josiah. This is going to be a great day. This is episode number four on the Old Timothy Podcast. Um, that has to be one of the best songs written ever. And uh, before I hit record, someone may or may not have been attempting a Jewish uh, feast dance. I don't know. Who was that? Was that you? Was that me? Do you want to do uh, that? <laughs> mine was pre pre game. The pre game, I was getting warmed up. But oh, I love that song. Uh, that, the the uh, prologue, the main title, main theme for Fiddler on the Roof, and uh, I think that, it's apropos. I think that makes any uh, real Baptist want to shout. You know, <laughs> any true blue Bible believing <laughs> Baptist man, they did, just did I, lost it. Did I see your dad run towards the altar there on that one? <laughs> Uh oh, uh oh, lost it. Oh man, and it is so good. Come on, come on. Oh, yeah. Oh man, welcome today. We're having too much fun already. Uh, I don't have any coffee today. I've got just water. I've got to figure out a better coffee scenario for me. Hey, side note favorite coffee. What do you, what is it? Uh, I don't really drink coffee. Um, but if I do, it's usually like the frou-frou drinks and I know I'm not even supposed to say that, but, um, <laughs> it's usually a cream filled caramel filled, but if I do drink like a hot coffee, it'd be like a caramel macchiato, extra caramel, just fill it up with sugar. That's where I'm at. But I drink a good old rockstar pure zero fruit punch. That's me. So that's, that's my gag these rockstar, days. You said, Yes. All right. It's definitely <laughs> going to be a, a topic today. Uh, <laughs> no, good. good. Well, hey, you, not, apparently you've not heard the tradition of coffee. Mm. Well, you're, if you're in the ministry, you're supposed to drink coffee. Well, I support I support the addiction. Um, but <laughs> how do know, we our, keep our, our balance? <laughs> <laughs> tradition. Um, no, my uh, but my church we have coffee every Sunday. You know, most most churches do. They have you know snacks and stuff, whatever. Yeah. Um, but when I first came, we had a whole massive percolator. I mean, it would give coffee to you know fifty people. Like and we average about twenty. Like oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Every every Sunday we we would make it up, man, and it was almost every week it was gone until COVID, and then co when COVID hit, uh, things changed. We stopped passing things around like that, mm. but. Uh, we were going through a ton of coffee every week. Our people love it. And uh, so it is definitely the uh, one of the first traditions we can cover here and why I'm against <laughs> it and why we shouldn't, you know, all the rest. But that's good. Yes. Well, yes, indeed. Getting ready to throw down on O Timothy. Well, yes. hey, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Um, we uh, we've enjoyed doing it together and, and learning from each other and encouraging each other. Both uh, Josiah and I have talked about how we just kind of feel pumped up after we've talked to each other. So we hope you feel that way as well. We hope, we really do truly hope it's a blessing to encourage you to, to keep, avoid, and stand. And uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're hitting kind of a, a touchy subject today and looking forward to it. Before we move on, I want to let you know uh, in, uh, some upcoming um, podcast. Uh, I have procured uh, an, an agreement um, from someone to be on our podcast I'm going to tell you about who it is at the end of the podcast, okay? So let's hang out, and I'll tell you, uh, you're going to be excited about it. I'm excited about it. a good friend of mine that's uh, standing for the Lord, and he's going to come on, God willing, as a guest. He just had a baby, I think, a new, a new baby today, uh, a new son today. And so um, I don't even have a name, but I was texting him, and, he's, and he said, this is why I haven't texted you back. <laughs> it's like we're just in the hospital having a baby. So uh, remind me, Brother Josiah, at the end, to tell people who that is, I'm excited about him coming on as a guest. Well, today we're in, uh, we're back here in kind of in First Timothy. We're going to launch from there. We've our our theme for our podcast is is you know First Timothy chapter six verse twenty is a theme verse twenty twenty one. Oh Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Uh, the context of First Timothy is a is a, a seasoned minister, seasoned pastor, seasoned evangelist. 
uh, missionary, however you look at it. We believe Paul was more of a missionary evangelist, but uh, however you look at him, he is a, a mentor to Timothy, helping him in the ministry. And in 1 Timothy 1, he tells us what Timothy is to keep as a trust. He said, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. That glorious gospel, that gospel that the, that the Lord revealed uh, in a post-resurrection appearance to the, the apostle Paul and gave him the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. Good news for our dispensation and uh, for the world. And so that is the main thing that Timothy is to keep, that trust. If, 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 would that be a fair statement, the gospel and all the doctrines that that circle it, that come come out of it, I should say, that emanate from the gospel, that's the main thing that we should keep. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's where it all starts for us, especially uh, this dispensation, the New Testament. Um, it's, it's the key. I mean, if you don't have that, what do we have? And the, the commonalities of the times tradition is used in Scripture, um, you know, obviously with Christ, and, and we can break these down. I'm not trying to get too far into it, but just my, you know, when you talk about the gospel, when Paul uses it in Colossians 2, he mentions tradition in in this in a similar vein as like the entire purpose of Galatians, where let no one spoil you mm. through philosophy, vain deceit, and the traditions of men. So this idea of traditions is is so important to the gospel because it is the first tradition that we keep. It is the, I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's the right way to even say it, but I think that's kind of what you're conveying here is it's that the, that is the trust. If, if it was, you know, if, if you had to retreat back to don't let anybody get this trust, it would be the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Because everything stems from it. And that's, again, what, what Galatians is about, Colossians 2.8 is referring to is not so much, you know, not the salvation that saves you, but the salvation or, you know, the, the traditions that people might push on you to keep you saved or think that you're, um, there's some, something that you do now to earn it and keep it and everything else. And so if you don't have that down, that trust, that committed thing, um, down, then, then everything else is going to be cattywampus is going to be off is going to be no matter how you define traditions or tradition or whatever. Um, if you don't have that down, absolutely. You're going to be, you're going to be off in, in every other way. So I think giving that, and by the way, you said through philosophy or vain deceit, don't let anybody spoil you, right? Uh, Colossians talks about, or Galatians rather, uh, yes. talks about the spoiling. And that's very interesting to me because uh, something is spoiled when some contaminant gets in. It doesn't have to be the whole thing is is bad. It's that something comes in to, to a preserved uh, environment and changes that environment, spoils it. And I think that's a great analogy for what traditions can do. They can take what is preserved and what is perfect and pure and not completely modify it, but spoil it. Just sow a little something in there that changes its original intent, changes its meaning, and thereby removes the effect of that original thing. Uh, Let's start with something here, if you don't mind, on really kind of what tradition the word means, because I, I, I like to uh, kind of look those up, and it's interesting to find kind of the etymology. I was like, okay, what we have traditions. I have traditions in our church. I have traditions in my home. I have traditions um, every day. I mean, tradition is something that we that is a part of our life, but what does it mean? And it really is just uh, two, two thoughts, trans, which means to hand over, to deliver, and and um, uh, like treason, actually, which is a long-established custom, custom. So it really is very simple. It's something that's been handed down generation to generation. Now, the Bible mentions tradition, singular, 11 times, traditions twice. And here's what I find was interesting, Brother Josiah. It's never mentioned in the Old Testament. Right. Which stands to reason because the Old Testament is predominantly a Jewish book, and what Jesus is referencing in the New Testament as tradition is the things that are handed down. Let me just read a couple of verses because it, it tells you, it attaches it right, right to that definition. Uh, Mark 7, 5, then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, why walk not thy disciples according to tradition of the elders? It says that in Mark 7, 3, tradition of the elders. Um, 
And then uh, same thing, uh, Matthew 15, 2, tradition of the elders. Galatians 1, 14 is what you were kind of referencing there. Paul talked about uh, that he I profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my father. So it's very easy when you look it up in the Word of God to see what it means. It It's attached to um, the generation before you and what they gave to you. So Mark 7, 9, he said, he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. Uh, the Word of God is pretty clear on this. And you mentioned, um, Paul mentioned, Paul talks about tradition just a couple times. What, what are those? What are those uh, mentions? What, what are those references? Uh, so Colossians two verse eight, I believe it was, um, is the first one. I'm um, in Galatians. Forgive me. I'm I'm going old school. I'm going manual uh, analog good. here. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I have to do that in my head. Sometimes I do it out loud. But Colossians chapter two, I believe it's verse number eight. Um, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And so that's the first, uh, or I, I should not necessarily the first, but obviously Galatians is the first, but Colossians there. And then he mentions it in Second uh, Thessalonians um, chapter 2. And, and you know, we already kind of commented on, on two, uh, two eight. you know, that it's a spoiling. It's a, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't take 100% rat poison to kill a rat. You only need that little bit. They don't, that's all they really put in there is a little bit of poison. And and that's the problem with the Pharisees, the le little leaven that leavened the whole lump and, and all the rest. And so we, we get that <clears throat> idea of it. But then there's another mention of the traditions that Paul mentions. And this is kind of uh, in, in uh, first, was it second Thessalonians, forgive me, yeah. chapter two. And uh, verse number 15, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions that ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. And I, one of the contrasts that I noted, um, and you can, you know, jump in here if you have to, but, or, or if you got a, maybe a, a different oh, thought here. Oh, I have but to, I have to. <laughs> it's your tradition. It's, it's how you, it's how you roll. Um, we keep our balance. I'm going to use that all the time now. <laughs> I love it. Go ahead. I interrupt you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So verse verse 15, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. And so the contrast that I saw was you have the, the tradition of our fathers, the tradition of the elders, the tradition of the Pharisees. Um, and then here you have the traditions which we have, which ye have been taught. But notice how they were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Hmm. Um, and and I think epistle there is the writing or the word being the writing or, you know, coming to them and speak, having spoken to them. Um, and so it, it's it, the foundation of a tradition is who passed it down to you? Why was it passed down to you? And what is its foundation? Is it a tradition of a man or is it a tradition of God's word? Um, and, and because that's where it has to be, mm -hmm. uh, its foundation has to be like we talked about with things that are committed to our trust, the gospel that has to be according to the scripture. And, and so then every doctrine that comes off of that or that where we go with all of that has to have its foundation in Scripture. And so, uh, you know, so these traditions have to be, you know, where does it come from? Where did it, you know, where did you come from? Where did you go? Uh, but where did you, you know, where did you hear this? How did you get this? And of course, in chapter three, he mentions traditions and we're not, we don't have to get into all the the uh you know he's referencing there people that are walking disorderly uh people that aren't working and and taking care of themselves and that kind of thing but here in chapter 2 it really seems to be um you know more so of that those things that have been committed to you these things that have been passed down to you how are they given to you how have uh how have you utilized how do we now utilize them and and it seems like it's one of those things that seems somewhat open ended it doesn't say what all the traditions are he says multiple traditions right you know so what are all those things so there's things that have been developed over time but we can get into all that but does that make any sense i think i i just i just think that that's where my heart and mind went was that we've got to be careful how we define it but also where do we get it from and and because there's there's this whole thing today i think of people wanting to throw traditions away mm -hmm. and just say, you know, we don't need that. We don't need that. And coming up with all kinds of reasons. And I, I don't think the question should be, what can I get rid of? It should be, should I even, you know, should I even be considering removing this now? Cause we want to bring everything back to scripture, but there are some traditions we have that ne aren't necessarily bad. They just may be 
maybe they're outdated, maybe they're whatever, but if they're scriptural, why are we even talking about getting rid of them? And then the other side of it is if they're not scriptural and they're just something that we do, then <clears throat> why am I jumping just to get rid of it? You know, what is the foundation for it? So anyway, that's, I might be getting ahead of ourselves, but no, that's I where think, I'm at with I that. I think you're right on, on point. The first time tradition is mentioned is Matthew 15. And it's in connection to the, the Pharisees saying, why do thy disciples transgress mm. the tradition of the elders? So the word transgress means to step across the boundary. The, they, for they wash not their hands when they eat bread. Jesus said, but he answered and said to them, why do you also transgress, stepping across the boundary, the commandment of God by your tradition? So I think the discussion is, at the beginning, is not whether we should have tradition, but is tradition of equal authority or superior authority to Scripture? Right. That's what Jesus right. is hitting the Pharisees about. You have taken, you're, you're teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. So people say, well, we, we, we have traditions around here. We should keep them. That is good. It, that may, I should say it this way. That may be good. It depends on what you think that tradition is. If you think that tradition is equal or superior to the commandment of God, then um then then it's then it's wrong then we're adding to it uh so you got to be able to filter through what you do as it's tradition to see if it lines up with the word of god now um take that with this thought the only time tradition is mentioned positively is in uh second thessalonians that is interesting for two reasons one the thessalonians Thessalonians, <laughs> those in Thessalonica, Nike, uh, they, Niki Nike, they, they, um, they were a, a new church. They were young believers. Paul had to leave them in a really quick way because of the persecution. So he had to take off. He was very concerned for them, and he wrote them the first epistle to make sure they were staying with what he taught them. And then in Second Thessalonians, there was false doctrine coming and saying that, that, you know, basically the Lord returned and they had been left behind. So he has to correct them on the return of Christ. Why is it? Why do I say that? Because it's the second epistle, Second Thessalonians, that mentions traditions and tradition. And Paul says, second, like you read, Second Thessalonians 3, uh, withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after to the, the tradition which he received of us. Second Thessalonians 2.15, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which, you have, been, which have been taught, whether by word or by epistle. So it, is it possible that one of the reasons to be concerned about tradition is for young believers? Meaning, if you're not careful, you can offend the weaker conscience of a younger believer, and that's why Paul is saying, hey— Keep those traditions. I'm not able to be there with you and to walk with you right now um, as I'd like to. And, to, you know, some places like uh, 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 Ephesus, he was able to stay for two years. Um, with the, in, and in Thessaloniki, he couldn't do it. Thessalonians, he couldn't do it. So um, maybe, that's, maybe that's part of what he's trying to say. Keep these traditions. This is what you've learned. I hand it down to you, but I'm not there. In this concept, the size, what I'm saying, um, follow like your kids parrot you until they learn the reason behind why they're doing it. Mm. And then they start to think, okay, why am I doing this? And they keep the things that are important and they hold to tradition that is important. But some of the other things that we added or have been added, maybe they do peel off. You, you follow what I'm saying? It's, it's for a younger believer to establish a solid walk, solid doctrine just do it like I did, and then later on you'll know why I did it. Right. I think I follow that for sure. Um, and I, the way a preacher said it that that really helped me um, was he said it this way. And and you could you know obviously if you take this statement if you take any one statement by a preacher uh. um, without the full context, I'll try to give a little more context to it. But I think in the same vein of thought that you're giving, this is how he how he said it. He said, um take some of my convictions or standards until you figure out your own, just follow what I just watch what I'm doing and do it. 
And, and then once you get your own, you'll, you'll figure that out. Now, as a young person, I was like, I was like, okay, I'll just, so whatever you do, I'll do. Mm. And, and then you hear the stuff today of, uh, you know, again, people throwing out traditions, whatever. And that's, you know, kind of part of the reason for the podcast reason for, you know, today's episode, but, um, where we want to almost tell people, well, you don't need any traditions whatsoever. Just throw it all out the window. Well, but there's some young, like you mentioned, there's some young Christians who need to see this is how things should be done, whether they know or not, because they're not, they, they just, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so it could take them time. So I, I think that's good. I, I think of an example of this too, would be my dad. My dad got saved. Uh, he was, well, he was a young person when he got saved. He got right with the Lord. His mom is my mom, his wife. I always say that, but his <laughs> wife got saved. My mom, uh, in the seventies, mid, mid seventies. And, uh, and so they, but they ended up going to Dr. Dr. Noe's church. And one of the things that Dr. Noe did, and this is just the Dr. Noe thing. I think this was just kind of an old school type mentality, but whatever. He, he would only wear white shirts to church, white dress shirts. If you wore a dress shirt, it was only white. That's one of the things. My dad started doing that and just only wearing white dress shirts. And it was how just do, a church. How do we keep our balance? Right? <laughs> Tradition. <laughs> and, uh, white shirts. <laughs> always. Always. And uh, so, you know, but just one of those things that he took that on himself and said, you know, pastor does that. That's what I'm going to do. Now, my dad, my dad doesn't think there's anything wrong with other colored shirts. He's not like looking at all these, all these people, but he just took what what someone else's tradition was, took it on himself because, well, that's, man, he's probably right about something. There's something about that, that I want to either emulate or follow in. And then my dad grew from there. And so I think you're definitely right. You know, we, we should definitely, uh, like with this, this church here, um, there's some things just, just follow after what we're doing. Just look at what we're doing, follow mm-hmm. that. And you will eventually, because people grow, we're supposed to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the grace and the knowledge. And so as we grow in grace and as we grow in the knowledge, like there may be some things that can change eventually, or we develop our own uh, stand or standard or conviction or whatever on these things. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with keeping some of those things that someone has handed to us because it's what helped form us into who we are. Cause that's what was conveyed to us. Yeah. Not that this is holy. Just, you know, my dad wearing a white shirt was not holiness. He right. didn't equate that to holiness, but he equated that to, um, having self-discipline, having, having, um, you know, there's a reason why he does that. He honors the Lord with it. So in my dad's heart and mind, you know, potentially was, I want to honor the Lord by doing it this way, because that's what my pastor did now. You know, and, and and again, that's developed over time and and whatever. Um, so, I, I, does that make sense? I think that's it. It that's, really, it really uh, does. So, so you got to remember that the Church of Thessal- Thessalonica, they didn't have all of the canonized scripture that we do. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't go over. Let's okay, pull out First Corinthians, and here's what Paul said about the Lord's Supper, or, or here's what Paul said about the resurrection, or because okay, Second Thessalonians two two or two one now we beseech you brethren by the coming of our lord jesus christ and by our gathering unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us apparently someone was forging a letter as that that the day of christ is at hand so what i'm saying is paul with this young church he's writing back to them saying hey whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute time out someone else is writing letters they're looking to be an authority in your life they are not uh, I've been given the blessed gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am an apostle born out of due time. I've been confirmed. You know, he he did it to Corinthians. You know, he went through that whole in Second Corinthians, approving uh, of his apostleship and his ministry. And because there were other people at the time that would write and that would preach and that would travel, and some of the Jewish people, the Judaizers, would follow him around, discredit his ministry. So what I'm saying is, Paul, I think, is saying to the Thessalonians. Um, keep the things that I taught you for now. And I, I'm not, I don't want to add to the scripture. I'm not saying for now, like you don't do them, but because they didn't have the scripture written, canonized scripture with them, Paul taught them how to conduct their services, taught, taught them how to gather, how to meet. And then when someone came in, try to sow this false doctrine of the Lord's already returned and you've been left, he had to write back and say, wait a minute, don't be shaken in mind. Don't be shaken. Stand fast, hold the traditions. Don't let what someone else say, uh, said affect you, okay? So we, 
are blessed to be in a time of scripture, the canonized scripture fulfilled in one book right here. We can read and we know all that God wants us to know. And we don't have to be shaken. And we, I, I, we shouldn't be as easily shaken even as the Thessalonians because we can read it, right? So do, do traditions help tie us over from um, rote following to heart following? And if that's the case, what is the tie between those two? I learned this. Your dad. I learned to wear a white shirt from this brother. Now I wear a white shirt or I don't wear a white shirt. And here's the process by which I change that. What do you think that tie is between the two? The, the tie between the two? So the tr from, from the tradition that you got to the tradition now that you uphold? Yes. Is that kind of where you're, where you're going with that? Uh, the tie between the two is growth in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, is, is growth in God's word. Like you said, we have that canonized scripture. We have the word that tells mm -hmm. us there's nothing wrong with wearing a colored shirt. Right. <laughs> you know, like once my dad knew that, like he's able to accept these other, you know, another, th anyway, I don't, I, I don't want to keep talking about my dad. He does listen to this. And so Is I don't really? want to like, he does. I think he's, he and my mom both listen. He's going to love that, that, that beginning song. He's going to love it. <laughs> I hope he watches the video too. <laughs> yeah. He will. <laughs> love he will you. Too. We love you, brother Cheetah. You're the man. Yes. I talk about my dad and I want, I hope he hears this and, and you know, we're Chidi's are weird, emotional beings. Um, and uh, I say, it cause out of reverence, I love him. Anything I've ever said, I try to say out of reverence because I love him and I respect him and I've followed his tradition that he tried to pass on to me. Um, and, and he will uh, hunt you down and discipline you in, yes. in, in a Chidi tradition. Yes. <laughs> Annihilate with uh, Wordsmith and and uh, the Wordsmith and Wesson is what so it the, is. But the tie between your dad wearing a white shirt with now having some freedom to wear a different colored shirt is <laughs> not that he discovered that God does not care about what you wear. What he discovered is the, that he had a tradition from someone that was a good man and he followed it, but that there was some freedom because. What Jesus said to the Pharisees, by the way, when Jesus talked about tradition, it was always negative. He never had it positive. And the reason is he's living among his people and they have not heard a word from the Lord for 400 years. And so the word the inspired, the words that God gave have been replaced by the words of men and the ideas of men about God's words. So by the time Christ comes in his earthly ministry, they have made the commandments of God, and I like this, of none effect. Is this a throwing this idea to you? If your tradition is making God's word have no effect, is that the barometer that you've added and that you, you, you know, it is out of balance? Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, I agree with that. My. The problem then is to me is do you people that when the word of like the Pharisees, you consider the Pharisees, do the people whose God who, okay, let me try to say this clearly, the, but, but the people whose God word, whose God's, uh, you can, you okay. can do it. I, I know. I, I... <laughs> ta, 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 today, Junior. Um, okay. So God's word no longer has an effect. All right. right? And so with the people who's with which God's word has no effect, yes. do they even realize it that they're so caught up in the tradition, they don't even realize it. Hmm. And to me, that's the scariest part of tradition um, is, do you even realize that hmm. you're lost in that, that you're so, not lost as in going to hell, but that you're, you're just you're so replacing the scripture. Right. You, you don't, you, is it possible that you don't even recognize that you have replaced scripture because you have lifted that tradition up so high that it might as well be. And I think that's, you know, I don't know how to answer your questions perfectly, but, or specifically, but that's where my, my heart and mind goes is man. Um, that's a, that's a dangerous place to be in, in, in a position where I've lifted it up so high that God, Jesus said, man, you've, you've replaced, or you've now taught it as a man, man, but they never, they never changed their minds. They never did anything different. They just kept going. Like he's telling them, this is, 
and you, they're like, no, this is, I mean, they must've been essentially saying, no, this is God's word. Well, it's not. Jesus just said, that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, right. And I, I think that's the scariest place to be. Um, and I, I'm forgetting even your question now, but that's, that's where I, that's where I went with it. Well, Matthew 15, they're, they're the ones, you know, this is where the disciples, or excuse me, the Pharisees and scribes said, why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? Let me say it this way. If you missed, if you, okay, they missed Jesus Christ as their Messiah. And they already, before this, chapter 13, 12, 13, they reject him. Mm -hmm. And say, they attribute his works to the works of Beelzebub. They've already said Jesus is of the devil. Okay. Now they're, now they're trying to find that little thing that dis, that proves the thing they've already believed. And that is, he is not the Messiah. And so they go around picking at him. And they said, uh, your disciples are not washing their hands. And he says, well, why do you transgress in the commandment of God by your tradition? So he's coming back on the same vein as them. You, you know, your tradition is undermining the, the teaching that we teach. And he's saying, you've undermined God. You've undermined his commandments. You've taught these uh, commandments of men as doctrine of God. Here's my point. If, if you miss him for them, then your tradition's wrong. If you're, if you're worried about the other people and what they think versus what God thinks, and his word says, that's where it's out of balance. So we all have to retreat back to that trust of this is what it says. This is what the Bible says. And from there, we all establish different cultures or different traditions within that. Um, now, I heard this statement. You tell me what you think about this statement. Talking about church traditions or church culture, we're going to um, maybe pivot here and talk about some some funny ones maybe you've seen and uh, talk about some some good ones, talk about some interesting ones. Um, someone said this, culture is whatever is left that you don't do on purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So the question is, have you ever thought about what you do on purpose? If you don't think about what you do on purpose, then you've established a passive culture, basically. Your culture is, I shouldn't say passive culture. That is your culture. Your culture is whatever you don't do on purpose. So when we peel back and say, whatever we do without thinking about it, have we added to the word of God? Have we taken away from the word of God? And have we made the word of God of none effect? That would be a way to look at traditions. And um, so let's talk about some church traditions, um, some, some fun ones. I, I'll, I'll give you one. <laughs> that, that... Okay, so uh, for the listener out there that may not realize, God blessed me to be able to be on the road as a, as a kid. And so my perspective uh, on churches, it's primarily independent Baptist churches. I mean, we hardly ever went to anything else. I think we went to a couple of Southern Baptist churches. One was my grandmother's church, you know, and, and they wanted to hear us sing, you know, grandma, grandma Schaefer in New York city. She, uh, she wanted us to come to her church and we did a little something there. Uh, but we, my, my history and my experience is primarily independent Baptist churches. Um, so you would find yourself in some of the most interesting scenarios. I just have to say the gospel light attracts strange bugs. Amen. One night on a watch night service. And this is not really, really weird. It's just that you, you <laughs> this was the tradition of the church. Uh, that at watch night praying in the new year, they would uh, gather all in a circle and hold hands. And pray the new year in holding hands. If I'm a teen guy, this is a good tradition. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because there was a scenario in my family. Someone was dating someone and they ended up holding their hand and oh my goodness. <laughs> we're, now we're, now they've, uh, they've sinned or something, but we're just, yes. I'm just laughing about this church's tradition of putting people in some awkward places. And that's a, some people's family tradition too, is hold, did you guys hold hands? As family? Yeah. For prayer. At the dinner table. Yes. You did? At the okay. dinner table. Yep. And we, I what still What happened when people visited? They got in on it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And I think, honestly, I'd have to think really long and a little longer and harder on that to, to know if we've really made other people do it. But if it was like, I feel like if it was one or two people, yes, we would hold hands around the table. Um, if it was like a group, we were usually spread out because our table was huge. Anyway, we had nine kids. And so there was a lot of us there. Um, it'd be 11 minimum at the table, right? Until people start moving out, whatever. But, uh, yeah, up until, I mean, it, it kind of stopped when we became, you know, late teens, people moving out, moving away, we moved, you know, whatever, uh, kind of stopped eventually, but yeah, we did it all the time. And for my dad, I think, I think for us, for our home, it was control stabilization, like sure. dinner time, we're all going to come together. We're going to stop and pray, whatever. So, but yeah, we had that. And I, I think, uh, you know, kind of going back to like teenagers and different things, holding hands, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> The, the favorite time of the, the teen section of Hope Baptist Church for us as boys when I was coming up was the handshake time, you know, you know, to turn around to the to the cute girl behind you and uh, start shaking hands, you know, and give one. her the right hand of fellowship. You know, that's all we were really, really looking for was good quality <laughs> fellowship with, uh, you know, the sisters in Christ. And uh, so it's ridiculous. Um but yeah, so is that the tradition you're kind of referring to, though, with that first one is like holding hands? Or yeah, and, and what I'm like saying that? is that has literally been handed down, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but there's, I've been scratching my mind thinking where, I think I've been scratching my head, not my mind, but my um, my head, where is that, where would the basis for that tradition be found in scripture? Um I don't know, but I think, you know, you get into some church cultures and 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 that is something to, to hold to, you know, um, mm -hmm. I'll give you one more. There was a church in Indiana. Oh my goodness. Um, man, this was interesting. Have you ever heard of the non-registered churches? Oh yes. Okay. All right. Non-registered churches. Uh, not a, not a 501c3 nonprofit, all that. Um, no address, uh, no specific meeting place and, and good. You know, if that's, if that's what they want, they think God wants them to do. Uh, that's totally fine. Freedom in Christ, right? Um, mm -hmm. Some interesting scenarios you find yourself in those churches. So one Sunday, <laughs> this church in Indiana, uh, I can't tell you where it is because they had no address. Um, <laughs> no, li oh, no. <laughs> no listed address. I'm serious. So we show up at this church for Easter Sunday. Okay. Traditionally, <laughs> Easter is a big day in churches, right? Uh, so this is this is a this is out in the middle of a field, and um, the pastor was sick, and he but he came, and I mean he's like coughing sick, and he gets up there and he's like, I'm sick as a dog, <laughs> but I got enough energy to drag myself in here and denounce anything to do with Easter. And then he's like, "Oh my!" Now this this probably borders on less tradition than and than uh, just just left field, right? Okay, but then he's like, "Now I want you to see. You see all those cereal boxes and that, those food boxes on the front row, and we're like sitting next to him, right? I'm like, oh, that's what the what what is this about? There's 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 like uh, Nesquik's and and net and uh, uh, different, you know. Oh, I'm trying to think of those major yeah. brand food brands right now, but um. Kellogg or whatever, and it's sitting right, on the front row. Right. He's like, you know what that is? You check that out after church. Here's, here's your assignment. There's a K with a circle around it. That means it's kosher. It's proving that Jews are controlling the food sources in the world. Now, let's have the Marshall family come up and sing this morning. <laughs> Oh, Christ the Lord is risen today. It wow. was, yeah, it was that weird. Um, I don't think that's really necessary tradition, although they had them. They had the traditions. This is how you're supposed to, this is how you're supposed to do them. So I thought those are a couple of funny stories. I could digress into others. Um, my wife, when she first got married, she's like, you're weird. I was like, let me tell you about some people I've met. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Maybe oh, that explains man. something. Maybe it doesn't. But let's talk about some church traditions that, that we still hold to, maybe why we hold to them, and maybe some that even you as a pastor have modified. Okay, we're going to get ourselves in, into big big trouble here. You ready? Yes, yeah, I'm ready to get in trouble. We're big, <laughs> we're, we're big boys. We can handle it. All right. 
a tradition that Baptist churches have, a specific order of service. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, man. what What is it? It's usually uh, for us. Now, our order of service, and I've tried to change it uh, a couple times, and uh, it's not a, a knock, of course, on my church or anything like that. But, you know, they it's I pray to open the service, two songs, uh, offering, song, preaching. Um, you know, that's how it goes. How, and how, uh, how does that go again? Say that again. I'm going to write that down. Okay, here you go. <clears throat> Get this down. Open with prayer, two songs, offering, oh, that's, song, that's where you're wrong preaching. right there, the two songs. Mm. Mm. Why? Oh, no. Why do thy disciples transgress <laughs> the order of service? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. Okay, so you got this <laughs> prayer. I, I'm being ridiculous on purpose, okay? Yes, yes. So, because it is. Song, it is. It is. So that's that's our order of service. And uh and our people like I've changed it up before and they roll with it. It's fine. Sure. But we get so we get so locked into that kind of tradition. And uh I've seen people um you know get really nervous when you, you mm. remove some of those things. Um <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that's one of them. I, I definitely think that, you know, we get we get into this um this mode of this is the way it's supposed to be. And no one ever said it was supposed to be that way. We you know, he told the the money changers and everything. He said, get out of here. You've made, you've t made my house, a, uh, you know, supposed to be a house of prayer and you've turned into the money changers. And I, I think, yeah. you know, like I've tried to do things where, <clears throat> you know, you add prayer, we add special time for this special time for that. And if it's all geared towards the worship of God, then we should be able to remove things, change things, add things. And, uh, and so uh, I don't know uh, where, where we want to go with all that, but I, I've definitely, I've definitely seen that. And I've seen people, I have actively seen people get up and leave a service because you did things, you know, did things different. And that's not, you know, that's not how you're supposed to do them. You're supposed to have X amount of songs or whatever. So right. it's, it's wild. It's wild. But that is definitely one of those things that turns into a cultural feel like this is, man, this is our, the vibe our church gives off. And, and I don't know if there's a, there's not a perfect, um, there's not a perfect, you know, there's no cookie cutter. Like mm -hmm. we can try to be cookie cutter, but man, the way we do things here is totally different from than from where I came from. And I would be, I feel like I would be wrong to try to take where I came from and make this church where we are now and do exactly as we did there. Okay. For one thing. Handshaking. Do you do that? Uh, we don't know. We don't do a handshaking time. Well, um, yeah. Are, are we don't have any charity. We don't have any charity one toward another. <laughs> uh, there's no greeting with a holy kiss. Um, you know, and I, here's a funny thing. This is kind of an interesting, <laughs> an interesting thing that, you know, we don't have the handshaking time. Of course we shake hands and we, whatever. But um, when I first came, I, you know, one of the first things I said was, I'm just not, you know, I'm not a touchy feely guy. I just oh. kind of threw that out there and I'm not, I, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a big hugger. I don't, you know, um, you know, it, it's, it's just not the way I am. So I mentioned that to the church and they kind of took it as like, okay, so we're not going to, not even going to come near you. So you and love COVID. That's right. I mean, you love that's, the, the pandemic is what I'm saying. Right. <clears throat> right. The, yeah. That was like, that was six, my, that was a six foot was good for you. Yes. Okay. Uh, if we could have that be nine feet, that would have been even better. <laughs> um, you know, if we're just going to arbitrarily use use threes, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was like the best thing in the world because I didn't have to touch anybody. I didn't have to go. I didn't have to get too close. Nobody stood too close to me, and uh, you know, you get close talkers and all the rest. But uh, you know, it kind of became a thing where you know people would come up to me and want to like you know they're having you know a moment of emotion or mm -hmm. after a sermon and they express themselves through a hug or something like that, which. I don't have a problem with, I just personally, I'm my first reaction and response is not to go I, hug somebody. I need video of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but they would come up to me and they'd be having that moment and they would want to, hug, but they'd say, Oh, pastor, we know, you know, you don't, you don't like to hug. Hmm. I'm like, I'm like, guys, you, you can hug me. I mean, it's, I'm not, you know, <laughs> this is not something we can't do. Words. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just as awkward to say, no, you can, as it is to like talk about it openly, you know, yeah. so, so kind of weird, but that's, but the culture here is, or the, the way it's like, man, let's just, let's arm in arm around each other and just 
love on each other, <clears throat> which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's their tradition. And I'm willing to do it. I just, you know, I kind of had made that, that, you know, not a gaffe. I don't think I was just telling well, my you personality. have like a personality <laughs> level or a personality trait that allows you to establish this. I'm just, I'm just not really that, that guy. Um, right. Which is, which is fine. That's, you know, I think that's allowing people to be who they are. I, I'm still stuck mm-hmm. on why you actually don't shake hands because that is in the new Testament. Yeah. You, I mean, you have to show me, I see the Holy <laughs> kiss, you know? Um, so what we really should be doing is kissing each other on the cheek or, you know, I right, mean, or we just right hand of fellowship. Know. I mean, is no. Yeah. Oh, Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess there's that. Um, well, let's not, let's not lift that up too high. Shall I'm, we? I'm kidding with you. I'm being facetious again, that idea yes. of, you know, and, and by the way, I, um, COVID allowed us to sit back and say, what are we doing on purpose? So the church culture got shaken because our schedules got shaken and our, the repetitiveness, the things in which we always did things. But what was interesting to me was as our foundation is shaking, what settled was the important stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, okay, so we have, okay, I'll give you one. We have congregational singing in independent Baptist churches. And I say all, you know, Bible-believing churches have some sort of combination of that. Why? Why do we sing? Why do we, why, why do we emphasize that congregational element. Uh, and when, when COVID happened, we got to experience that we couldn't do that together. And it was something that we missed. And then we also got to look and see why were we doing it? How can we do it? You know, via live stream and all this, can we even, can we even do it? And it, I think that was one tradition that's good to hold to. I, one reason I is because you can prove it from the, the scripture much easier than you can, dare I say it, special music. The idea of um, performing, ver- you know, of, of observing versus participating. And the participatory element of congregational singing was so missed during, con- during COVID that I believe maybe that's one of the filters. You know, you got your Bible principle, it's, it, it's, it's, or a Bible verse, Bible doctrine, that we're, we're attaching this tradition to and singing is huge in the word of God. It's a big thing. Corporate singing. Um, there's tradition even from the Jewish, you know, background that we follow of corporate singing and what they did. We, we do follow, follow them. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, old Testament is primarily Jewish. So, um, that's a, I think that's a good tradition. And that, that method of saying, Okay, here's the Bible principle. Here's the Bible doctrine that it holds to, and we're deriving our practice um, from that. Okay, let's talk about this one: mm-hmm. the time our services are held. Well, obviously, obviously, yeah, help me. nine nine thirty Sunday school and ten thirty worship service. Obviously, I mean that's that's a Sunday morning. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you tell me. You you lift up your tradition above the word of God. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, here we go. No, uh, no I mean, people, uh, you know, I heard one time about a pastor that changed one of his ministry days. He had a ministry that operated on a certain day. He changed it for, for, for practical reasons to another day. You would have thought, he left the faith. Now, what's interesting mm-hmm. is the very ministry is a tradition. <laughs> <laughs> the very ministry that he changed days for is not in the Bible. Now, you, they say, well, yes, that ministry is found in this verse. Then you go to the verse and you realize that is not what that verse is talking about. That is a practical devotional application of that verse. The doctrinal is this. So can we just all be honest? And I'll tell you what it was. The, the, the ministry was, was bus ministry, uh, picking up kids on the bus. Uh, mm-hmm. Awesome. If your church has one, praise the Lord. If your church doesn't have one, amen. I mean, if, if you have a biblical reason for doing it or not doing it, great. 
but the, in this case, when that bus ministry was changed from one day to the next, it was a departure from the faith. And I just sometimes have to chuckle because the very ministry is, it's not, it's not a tradition that Paul, the apostle held to. Right. Did he have like a chariot ministry or, <laughs> or highways and byways, horse highways ministry? and byways. Come on, highways and byways, compel them to come. Come on now. That's bus ministry all over it. Yeah. No, I, I, that's true. Highways and highways and byways. Does anybody pick up people on the highway? <laughs> <laughs> but you have to take the highway or oh, a byway oh, oh, oh. to get to the people. Therefore, you must have a bus ministry. That's true. That's true. And we're and we're going down that path. Okay, we're going down that path. Here, here's what I'm saying. If if God has burdened you to have a specific ministry and it is based in a biblical doctrine or biblical principle, then do it. Absolutely do it. However, don't hold everybody accountable to that same burden. Yes. Amen. I think that's right. what we're saying. Okay. We, we all know God wants us to have services at uh, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, six o'clock on Sunday. Um, that is in the book of hesitations, but like verse I think chapter four, verse two, A or B. Um, mm -hmm. you, you look, look it up this afternoon, listener. Okay, it's there. And <laughs> um, <laughs> how do we keep our balance? <laughs> it's Tradition. There. It's there. Okay. No, what I mean is we added that for 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 um, for reasons. Here's the question: When do you pull up a held a long held tradition? Or when would you modify a, a held tradition, something that, that that you've kept or the church has kept? When would you move it or modify it? Uh, I, so, again, as I, I kind of started this way, but I would say, you know, the, that's, the, the question should first be, why should I even do this in the first place? Um, and, but if, again, we talk about the burdening of the Lord, you know, Lord put something on your heart, you should do it, but not hold others accountable to that. So, you know, some people say three to thrive, got to have Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. <clears throat> we don't have a Sunday night service at our church. And, and honestly, now that I've lived that for three years, oh, here we go. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah, you got to have that three to thrive, man. You got to have that that balance there. But and, I, and I'm all for three to thrive. I'm all absolutely, for all absolutely. You know? That's not the point. But when do we? Yeah, when do we pick them up? Well, here's what happened at our church before I came here. And if we had a Sunday night service, I wouldn't have changed it. We would have a Sunday night service. I would walk into that tradition. Mm -hmm. Here's the culture of the church. Here's the way things are. Okay, here's here's how we do it. I wouldn't have changed it necessarily. Not not on the you know on the surface. But I came into a church that didn't have a Sunday night service. The reason for it was, number one, the pastor is bivocational. Now, that's not why he did it, but he was bivocational, so very, very busy. But families were so busy. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad are both working jobs. Um, the children going to school, um, growing up, coming to high school students, working jobs as well. The, the culture in our town was to a point where, <clears throat> uh, number one, people weren't really coming. Now, I know that's not the best. Re you know, you do things because the Lord tells you to do them, mm -hmm. whether people come or not. I, I understand that. But... The struggle was getting people to come. The struggle, secondly, was are people growing from this service? You know, there wasn't there wasn't a lot happening at those services. There wasn't a, a clear direction for it. And and the pastor felt that hey, we'll 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 not have the Sunday night service so families can be together at home. You know, spend time with your your family. So he went to the he went as far as um, you know he would send home things sometimes or have like handouts and things at church. Hey, do this together as a family and, 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 uh, and have that together. So he had eliminated it for some practical reasons, some, you know, and people might say, well, that's wrong. You should have that Wednesday, that Sunday night service. Well, you know, chapter and verse number one, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously forsake not the assembly of yourselves, but so, you know, but exhorting one another so much the more you see that approaching. Um, and, and so we should have more church or we should have more exhortation. Um, but at the same time, are we just keeping this service because it's tradition or is it because of, of, uh, because the Bible says to. And so the, so, so I say all that to say, why would we change them? Well, 
or why would we not have this tradition or, or what would lead us? That was the question, right? Right. What, what, what is okay. the process by which you would change a tradition or, or reason? Right. So his, so the reason here was families were struggling to spend time together. Marriages weren't, you know, he could tell there was a, there was a clear evidence that man, we need to take some some things off the plate of people because there's so much. Hmm. So he removed that service. And again, the brethren, and we could all throw up our hands and, and say, no, we should have had more. And I, you know, there's a case to be made on either side. Right. But he broke away from a tradition because for the health of his church, the health of his, his family, it's not Bible. There's no Bible that says you have to have X amount of services. I mean, you know, there's churches that have Thursday night Bible study. There's churches that have, uh, you know, I know a church right now that's meeting in a funeral home on Thursday, e Tuesday evenings. They meet at a funeral home. They're just starting out as a Bible study and they're trying to start a church in another, in another town. And they do that on Tuesday nights. You know, I mean, we could say, well, it's supposed to be in the middle of the week. And if, if that's the doctrine, if that's like what the Bible says, because that they were gathered in, in a midweek service at one point in scripture. Um, well then what day there's a ha if it has to be Wednesday, then anyone who's not doing Wednesday is doing it at the wrong time. So right. wh when do these things, how, how and why, and, and all the rest. Okay. Should we do it? That's the first question. The second thing is if we feel led to do it, if, if it doesn't violate scripture, then if the Lord has put it on your heart, then step away from that thing that you're doing because it, you don't have to be beholden to this. It is not going to save you. It is not going to keep you saved. It's not going to necessarily change your standing in Christ. And, and so that's just what happened here. And I think, and I think that um, if you're not violating scripture, we don't want to just throw everything out, but if we're not violating scripture, if we're not, um, if the Lord has put it on your heart to do something, then you should take those steps, regardless of what other people think. And that's really what I think some of this gets down to is the fear of man. Well, what are people going to think of me if I change my service? Well, who cares what they think of you if you've got to change this or change that? Do what God has laid on your heart. Absolutely. I, I think um, we're going to end today there and, and come back next time and, and talk a little bit more about this, uh, dig in a little bit deeper to... Uh, traditions and and you know should we keep them what what, what good are they <laughs> what's the point of having them um which do you throw them all away um and just restart everything again like we said culture is whatever's left that you don't do on purpose whenever you go back to your purpose and you you go back to your bedrock of why we do things it allows you to say okay am i looking at the word of god everything should be filtered through this book that's what jesus is saying to the pharisees you have you have made this of none effect you basically said yeah 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 i know the bible uh that's a good thing but here is the more important thing and of course jesus is talking about a doctrinal stand and of course, there is there is great things that are at stake here when Jesus is referring to the traditions of the Pharisees, but it really applies to you and I in our own lives, in our own family, in our church. What is it that is making the gospel, is making the word of God, is making the steadfastness that Paul talks about in Second Thessalonians? What is making you move from that? And you never know exactly where something might take you. So you have to go to the Bible to see what the end result could be and say, okay, Lord, help me make this a decision and put a, a tradition or a stand right here where you want me to, this is what I believe. And here's where I think you want me to stand. I think it's an important discussion. We're going to continue it um, on our next podcast here. We're having a great time just kind of talking about traditions, church traditions. We're going to come back next time and talk about um, family, some family traditions. I know you grew up in a great large family. I grew up in a large family and uh, families have funny traditions, great ones, fun ones, but we'll continue on, talk a little bit more about church and uh, our family traditions. We'll hope, hope you come back to be with us. Hey, want to let you know before we uh, close out this afternoon that we have a special guest going to come on. He's going to come to O Timothy. He's going to be on our podcast here soon, and uh, we are looking forward to having... Are you ready? Should I hit a drum roll? Yes, do it. President Biden! Well, no, uh-uh. Whoa! <laughs> oh, man! Oh, <laughs> no, we're going to have Brother... thing over there? It's a thing. Oh, so sorry. Some of you would stop listening. Oh, but, um... <laughs> 
we're going to have on brother Adam Morgan. Adam Morgan is uh, president here of Majesty Music and is over uh, all of the Patch the Pirate uh, uh, adventures with Patch the Pirate. He and his wife, who just had a brand new baby boy. And uh, beautiful, beautiful baby boy. I got a text from him this morning with him holding his baby. Adam is a, is a neat guy. Uh, he did not come from a musical background. He actually is a lawyer, has passed the bar, has worked uh, as a representative in his state. He comes to music and Christian music from a different perspective. And it's really refreshing to, to listen to him. He, uh, again, is helping lead Majesty Music and um, has been a good friend. And I've talked to him and had some discussions about um, music. And in the same vein of, oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. What is tradition? What needs to be held on to? What are those principles that we should, uh, that guide us in making those decisions? We're gonna have a great time talking to him. So you're gonna wanna come back. Um, and we're working on a great title for that podcast. We'll reveal that later at some point. Kind of <laughs> excited about that. Hey, thanks for tuning in to, uh, today and logging on. Tell other people about the O Timothy podcast if it's been a blessing to you. And uh, we have an email address, otimothypodcast at gmail.com. Brother Josiah, any parting thoughts? I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this is a blessing. Uh, hold on deep that which is committed. Don't let it go. Stand in grace. Love the brethren. Love your church family. If you're a pastor listening, a young man in the ministry, just keep going on for God. Don't let go of those things you've been given. Uh, you were given those things for a reason. And uh, stay with it. Don't quit. Don't give up. And uh, carry on. Come back next time, and we'll talk some more about uh, these traditions. We're thankful for you listening in. God bless you. Have a great day. Uh, do we keep our balance?